of course, Malaysia being a Muslim country, there are people who wear hijab, you know, but they want to go cycling and they're not comfortable with men around. So that's another issue or, or things that I guess we address in a way whereby we organize, you know, a rights just for women, for them to be involved. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Cranks and Dawn. Uh, and today uh, we are going to Malaysia, actually, where I have uh, Isha Muslim with me. Uh, and Isha is involved uh, in many things, including cycling, but also soccer and uh, very active in the local community in in, in Malaysia. Uh, Isha will tell us more. But uh, Isha, thanks for coming today. Uh, it's great to have you here. And could you please introduce yourself and tell us how you got into cycling and, and what you're doing with cycling today? Sure, sure. Thanks, Hans. Uh, it's uh, a big pleasure for me to be on uh, this show of yours. Uh, um, we've come a long way since our university days. So, And one of my best memories in cycling was actually with you guys in Barcelona a couple of years back. So it's a pleasure to, uh, for me to be here uh, with you today. So um, just a quick background uh, on me. Um, actually, my background is not really into sports. Uh, I'm what I'm involved in uh, with uh, professionally uh, are mainly in investments. So we look at uh, a lot of things, uh, diverse uh, things, and and how I think I got involved with uh, sports. Um, well, all of us love sports, and that's the way I guess how we channel um, our passion towards too. And I stumbled across an opportunity about maybe three, three and a half years ago, um, whereby I was introduced to this very talented cyclist. Um, his name is Fas. He's my current business partner. By that time, he's had this business called Plan A, um, Plan A Cycling, I would say, um, for already a couple of years where he, has, uh, he was doing business to, uh, and his focus was mainly on apparels. And at that time, He was his main revenue contributor was people ordering uh, uh, jerseys from him in bulk, right? So what he wanted to do was um, from what he had was a, a small studio uh, outlet in uh, one of the suburbs uh, around Kuala Lumpur, and he wanted to expand to become a real retail outlet. And when I had a, that chat with him, he was looking for I guess uh, ideas and uh, you know thoughts and feedback from uh, other people on the things that he has in mind. So what caught my mind at one particular time was he has this thought and ambition to make um, the cycle, cycling apparel brand equivalent to H&M or Uniqlo, whereby people are, um, well, it's affordable, that's one, designs are attractive, and it's comfortable to wear. So that attracted me uh, to, to this particular brand. And um, well, to cut the story short, we decided to partner up together. And after three and a half years, we've grown. Uh, as a common company, as a community, and also as a business. Um, yeah, so that's the gist of how uh, I'm involved with the cycling community at this point in time. Um, not as, as the main person who drives this brand called Plan A. Well, we, we're not just a brand, but we, we are a community. I can ex uh, explain more on that uh, after this. But um, yeah, that's my involvement uh, to channel, I would say, my passion to cycling. Uh, but my main core, I guess, business that I do on a day-to-day -day business uh, or, or basis is actually in investments. So, so uh, the, the the thing that uh, that I've uh, you know 
you mentioned before uh, earlier on that that you and I have actually studied together. Is it? Uh, I think that must have been back in. 2008 uh, in in Australia, so so our history goes goes way back. Uh, and back then, I don't recall that you were such of an avid cyclist, to be honest. Uh, but what I've been following you is that yes, you you have been uh, become involved in in this uh, in this brand Plan A uh, and the cycling apparel uh, brand for that, but also the community. You you touch on that as you, uh, yourself. And what I can see is yes. There's a there's a brand which is growing, and I have no doubt that it's it's growing uh, a lot because of your involvement involvement also from your experience in investments and and so on. Uh, the community that you have managed to build as well. Uh, tell us about how how is that being being driven, and and what are you doing? Sure. Well, yes. So, um, I would say in back in 2008 when I got to you know I wasn't really cycling at that time because I didn't have a bicycle. I couldn't even afford to buy a bicycle over there in Melbourne. Okay. But I can remember that I was cycling for the longest time since, uh, well, as long as I can remember. I got my first road bike when I was 10 years old. When I was in high school, I was doing fixed gear, BMX. Early 20s, I was, I was on mountain bike. Uh, but in 2017, uh, just, just maybe four or five years ago, I got involved in road cycling. But uh, on, on the note of community that you mentioned, well, I was saying that we were growing up with, with cycling and all that. So uh, one of the main uh, uh, elements uh, when we were looking at uh, starting our retail store, like this was three and a half years ago, was we were looking at a place where people can easily access or people can, can easily um, start. It's a starting point for cyclists, so to speak. Okay, It's a convergence or starting uh, location for cyclists to start and they can go on a 40-kilometer ride or even a 200-kilometer ride and go back to that same place. So, what, where we uh, started off with, it's a suburb in Kuala Lumpur called uh, Bukit Julutong. Maybe it's about, well, without traffic, it's 25, 30 minutes from uh, city centre. So it's not too far from town. And uh, the problem with Malaysia is you can't, you don't really get a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, safe cycling uh, routes because of the traffic, right? So where we uh, choose to locate our first retail store, our current retail store, in fact, um, is this location whereby people, you know, it's just two minutes away, we enter a cycling, uh, sorry, a, a motorcycle lane where it's very, very safe and there's no, not much motorists or not much uh, motorcyclists using that uh, particular highway. So, um, and, and the good thing is, you know, uh, as I just mentioned just now, we can start with 40-kilometer route coming back and forth or even, you know, go extend our uh, rides up to 200 kilometers coming back and forth. So there's a lot of uh, premonitions and, uh, and, and, and options for cyclists. So that is the starting point of where we, we, we want it to be um, uh, located. And because it's a very, uh, I would say, a nice suburb, so people go to that place, they park their cars, they start cycling. And, you know, historically, even before Plan A existed, uh, Bukit Jutong, the cycling clubs in Bukit Jutong is known to be one of the most uh, avid cyclists uh, or most active uh, cycling club in Malaysia. So uh, they've been around, I don't know, 10, 15 odd years. So um, people know about this small town. Um, so we, what we did was when we first uh, had this uh, store uh, three and a half years ago was started to organize small group rides. Um, that group rides, you know, expanded to maybe, you know, from 10, 15 people per ride to up to maybe 200 uh, riders at one point. 200? 200. 
and um, you know, organizing group rides, and then we went on and we saw uh, a lot of I guess women women riders wanted to join, but I think they felt uh, maybe it's too fast. You know, these are boys, and of course Malaysia being a Muslim country, there are people who wear hijab, you know, but they want to go cycling and they're not comfortable with men around. So that's another issue or, or things that I guess we address in a way whereby we organize, you know, a rights just for women, for them to be involved in. So uh, even with women, there are maybe fast riders and I guess beginners, I would say. So we address those as well. And I think at this point of time, at one point of time, we had about maybe what, 50 to 60 riders in, in, in one particular ride, which was quite successful. And not just that, when we organized this group rides, what we did was, I mean, People like cycling and with all this social media and all that, right, they want good and nice pictures. So we'll always have, you know, provide a support motorcycle whereby, you know, this person um, not just uh, is a mechanic, but they can take pictures as well, good pictures using good cameras. So after each ride, we'll upload on Facebook or Instagram where they can download, you know, all these really nice pictures of them cycling. So this is an added thing that we uh, provide for free. We, did not, we do not charge them at all. And uh, on top of that, um, what we also started a couple of years ago was a cycling academy. So my partner, Fas, um, he cycled for professional teams. So I think for Sinelli in Barcelona for I think almost a year. And um, he's got coaching license for cycling and all that. And, and he's got this passion of developing, uh, I guess, youngsters. And in Malaysia, not just in cycling, in Malaysia in general, the grassroots development is extremely weak so that's one of the things that we wanted to address and at this point of time we are the only private cycling academy that is around in Malaysia which is so so when you when you say cycling academy is that for uh, you know people going to school as well or is it after school okay so um, I would say it's an elite cycling academy. What we started uh, a couple of years back was uh, we focused on, uh, uh, I guess, riders under the age of 21, which has uh, potential to represent their state or even the country. Okay, So that was what we started. But after uh, a year of doing that, we realized that we do not have much time to develop these uh, riders. And, and we go through a selection process where um, we only focus on maximum of 10 riders at one particular time. So it's not like a mass academy whereby, you know, we teach them or, or uh, how to race, how to ride properly. No, we focus on eight to 10 riders at one particular time. One particular time, I would say uh, throughout one or two years, right? So uh, in the second year that we were running this, uh, we decided to, I guess, upon the advice of our, uh, um, I guess, our sponsors as well, who are also avid cyclists, you know, let's lower down the age from 21 to 16. And... Uh, I mean, the main reason is because we have longer time to develop them, all right? Uh, so, yeah, this we had a session whereby we had uh, we, we told the public that you know um, uh, students under the age of sixteen can come for an open trial. We had, I think, close to eighty uh, riders coming together with their parents. So you can imagine the crowd being there, uh, and and we we only took ten percent of them. So we, we shortlisted to eight. Uh, so this eight, we have been focusing on them since the past one year. And our ambition or our objective is to make them uh, represent uh, the state. So Malaysia has 14 states. So there's a tournament ac across the states called Sukma. And our ambition is for them to represent a state 
for this uh, Sukma tournament. And, and hopefully one day they become a uh, representative of uh, our, uh, our national team. Um, so, I mean, our success story is, is wonderful. I think our current team, one of them, or two, sorry, two of them out of the eight currently are uh, representing one state already for Selangor. So that, that's uh, very, very encouraging. It is, it is. And I think it's what... I can I can definitely recognize a lot of the things that you say about the threshold in terms of joining a ride. You mentioned the women. You mentioned, uh, I mean, uh, you mentioned people who want to wear a hijab and things like that. Not that that is something that that we're so much exposed to in in my part of the the world here. So that it's for me, it's yeah, kind of uh, for most of our listeners, I think that would be something that very few people actually consider. But these, uh, it seems that you are aiming for a low threshold of joining. And, and I don't know. That's what that's what I've seen. That you have all the cycling clubs that people can sign up and they can pay, a, you know, pay for being members, and it comes with a kit mm-hmm. and all that. But just having a low threshold ride that you can join and you become part of community seems to attract a lot of people. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, in this modern age, um, what I personally observe is that people do not like to register for something. And so that they are uh, automatically be uh, part of uh, a movement or organization. So if let's say there's one particular issue, you know, um, uh, you know, it can it can be a, a politically related issue or non politically re- politically re- related issue, but you don't have to sign up as a member for you to be p- a, a, a part of the movement. So that's how we started it. You don't have to register as a Plan A, uh, I guess, uh, a member. Or you don't have even have to buy uh, our merchandise to join our group rides. No, you can just hang out. We are friends, you know. So definitely, it's a very very low threshold for people to join us, so that they're comfortable. So we've got people who have ridden for 20, 25 years, uh, down to people who have just started for two, two and a half months, you know, riding in the same group. So people, you know, help uh, and and support one another. Uh, I guess. One thing I guess I missed out to inform about uh, our, our um, retail store is it's not just a retail store. We started off with a very small 400 square feet store with just two, um, I would say, a clothes rack okay, to hang our jerseys. We focus on just uh, apparels. We don't um, sell bicycles. Now we're starting to, but we only focus on used or secondhand bike markets. We don't sell uh, new ones. Okay. Um, so we focus on apparel. So 80% of our sales com- are coming from apparels, which are jerseys and uh, cycling bibs. And um, we listen to our customers. You know, they want three quarters or long pants or long sleeve. That's one in terms of, you know, uh, 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 style. What we do is, it's very localized. The designs that we do is very localized. I mean, there are other local brands in Malaysia, but they tend to follow the Italian way, the Rafa way perhaps. but our designs, if you notice, it has a lot of local touch to it. Let's say um, palm trees, for example, and Malaysian flag, for example, you know, state flags, for example. So we have a lot of local elements in 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 uh, in our design. So I think um, uh, automatically people have that uh, sense of belonging to us, and in terms of design. But from that four hundred uh, square feet outlet that we have, now we've expanded to move also to next door. And now what, what we have is we have a small cafe. We partner up with uh, an operator. Um, and also the, this operator, we specifically chose them because they are very strong in local delicacies, selling kuih, selling teh tarik, which are local de- delicacies. Yes, we have um, coffees as well. We have cappuccinos, we have lattes. But the local delicacies are 
you know, uh, it's jiving to what, what we're all about. Um, so on top of that, we have uh, uh, people, people can store their bikes at our place. We have a mechanic, of course. We have a shower. We have a, uh, we're starting our uh, sports therapy massage area, a training area. So it's a complete, I guess, I would say, uh, cycling hub slash clubhouse, you know, so to speak. Um, people come, come hang out, you know, um, outside, inside, and, and in the morning, in the evening. But unfortunately now, because of COVID, you know, this, you know, lockdowns and all that. So it's uh, on and off. But when, you know, people are allowed to ride and allowed to congregate, you know, it's just massive crowd uh, at, at our area. And it, it happens naturally. We, we design it in a way, yes, we, we had this thought, but how it turned out to be was so much better than how we expected it to be. And I do think that uh, the answer to that is, yes, very low threshold for people to join. People don't get intimidated uh, to join this, I would say, uh, this brand. No, I think, I, th I think it also sounds like that when you actually create some create value, you don't want to pay a membership fee or anything like that. You don't want to sign up as a member. You you wanna you you want value. You want a low threshold, uh, and if you do that, then the community grows, and that's when a brand like Plan A can actually tap into that without actually you know disturbing the community feeling as well, and just going all sure. in on commercial. Uh, sure. So there's a fine balance there on 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 you know being <laughs> making a good business case for the brand while at the same time maintaining and building and growing a community. Yes, uh, yes. It, it sounds like yeah, like you are kind of hitting the nail on that that you are on on that you know uh, fine balance. But I would like to hear a bit about uh, Malaysia because. Most of uh, most of my listeners here, they are from you know I can I can see most of them are from Europe, uh, uh, Scandinavia, Europe, uh, and the US. Um, that that's where most of the listeners f for this podcast are from. Uh, and uh, when I talk to people about cycling uh, abroad, uh, Asia rarely comes up. Taiwan does uh, more and more. Uh, is Malaysia a place where we should go uh, for for a cycling experience? You think? Malaysia is definitely one of the places that you can come for cycling, for sure. Um, I don't think we can compare to Taiwan or even Thailand, right? Uh, maybe because we don't have as many hills to climb, I would say, compared to uh, those countries or those locations. You've got magnificent places. Uh, I've been to Chiang Mai once before. I mean, um, ride over two or three days is equivalent to maybe uh, what you can find here over maybe a month or, you know, so uh, that's in terms of climbing, I guess. Not everything. Not, not some of us actually uh, would uh, try to stay uh, stay to the flats if we get the chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, yes. Speaking of which, I think we've got a very good balance and mix of climbs and also flats around the country. Um, uh, I mean, you can we can always do a ride around town. I mean, I've got a friend of mine who did, um, I think, four thousand meters elevation uh, in one day. Uh, to climb around Kuala Lumpur uh, and its suburbs, and not even he, he did not, or his group did not even do one repeat climb uh, for, during that session. So I think we've got a mix. You know, in the city, we've got fantastic city rides, we've got fantastic suburban and also uh, uh, rural rides that we can have. And I think what's most unique, you know, in Malaysia, the food. You know, we ride, we ride to eat, <laughs> we ride to eat because after. 50, 60 kilometers, there's definitely a good place uh, to just sit down and enjoy 
um, uh, cold chendol or cold tetare, you know, cold tea and, and uh, local food, not just local food, uh, sandwiches, you know, coffee and all this. It's, it's just fantastic. People here, I think, they, they like it. Yeah, and I mean, we ride for we ride to eat. You are talking to the right person here. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of people, you know, you want to enjoy the pleasures of life, uh, and so then you can say, do you do, do you go out riding because then you can give yourself those treats, or do you have these treats because you've been out riding? I think that's you know that's me. <laughs> But anyway, uh, uh, how big is uh, cycling in Malaysia in in terms of number of people during the COVID? time we've had for the last year and a half cycling in Europe is, is, at least has been just going through the roof I mean it's impossible to get a bike unless you will wait a year and a half uh, or something like that so the supply is just you know stretched to the limits uh, is that the same uh, in Malaysia? It's exactly the same I think it's a global thing um, I think maybe what I can share with your listeners in Europe is uh, uh, yes yeah, cycling is big in Malaysia Because we, uh, in terms of road cycling, we don't have uh, a national champion. Sorry, uh, an international champion. But for track cycling, we've got a few in, uh, international champions. And and Azizul Awahasni, who's a track Kirin uh, gold, uh, or, or uh, he was sorry, he wasn't gold. He was silver medalist in the last Olympics. So he's eyeing for the gold medal in the next upcoming Olympics in Tokyo. Um, we've got some uh, other cyclists as well who has done very, very well, women and men, in track cycling. Um, so I think that is why people started, I guess, to um, uh, to, to to cycle starting from maybe 10 years ago. But yes, I think cycling is generally very massive here in Malaysia after soccer and football. Sorry, uh, football and uh, badminton, I would say. Okay. So, so cycling as uh, a sport or hobby, it's really catching up, and maybe perhaps now it's more than badminton. I would say. Um, uh, talking about the market, um, yes, at, after after COVID, um, the first lockdown last year, when people were allowed, uh, sorry, sports were allowed, and cycling and jogging were the first sports to be allowed at that particular time. This was maybe about a year back, and at the time, people just took up cycling, like. Mad and uh, bicycles that and parts were that were uh, not easy to sell before. Everything was just taken off the shelf. And we at Plan A, uh, we didn't have much to sell at one particular time. For two weeks, we didn't have any stock. And uh, to compare, I think after the lockdown, our sales tripled compared to the time before the lockdown happened. So this goes to show that there, there are a lot of uh, new cyclists there on the road, uh, which I guess poses. Um, which provides, I would say, um, good opportunities, but at the same time, uh, also there are some risks to that as well. Because, yeah, there, there have been issues where, you know, um, new cyclists uh, have been causing problems, but also, um, where, where because Malaysia, we do not have many um, cycling routes, like I mentioned before. So suddenly, a boom in cycling, of course, the, the, the I guess the community around uh, uh, the, the housing area, um, the shops, Um, the public parks, you know, get packs, it gets packed up, and the roads get gets uh, occupied by the cyclists. But I think, in a good way, it, it was a short problem, and I think people started to accept it. So I think it has been improving. I think generally, yes, cycling in Malaysia has boomed, similarly to I guess Europe, UK, America, Australia, and all that. Um, and 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 there are of course uh, reactions to that, but I think it's it's a definitely a good thing, not just for the industry, but I mean health generally Malaysians 
we're not really good at going outdoors. We love our shopping malls. So now I think, you know, <laughs> seeing people outside cycling more than they go to the malls is indeed a fantastic thing to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's impressive how much the cycling can actually change the, the society. You say health, uh, we can also say, you know, environment and transportation. I would imagine a city like like uh, Kuala Lumpur is uh, <laughs> heavy on traffic uh, and uh, cycling could probably solve quite a lot of those issues as well. And I think we see that all over the world. And for the last couple of years here with, with the cycling just growing, yes, there will be, you know, incidents where uh, things go wrong, uh, but uh, we all have to learn. Uh, so, uh, so that's good. Yep. Isar, yep. it's been it's been really really interesting to to hear your story and hear us hear you tell about uh, Plan A and all your work and and the community and Malaysia and everything. So, so thanks very much for for coming. I will make sure that in the links for for this show we have uh, in the notes for this show we'll have the links to Plan A and to to your social media profiles and so on. So. Absolutely. It's been great. Thanks very much. Likewise, Hans. It's, uh, the pleasure is mine, actually. And I think uh, to you and the rest of the listeners uh, for your podcast, you know, happy World Bicycle Day to everyone. And uh, ride safe, stay safe and stay in touch and be safe in this difficult COVID time. So wishing you guys all the best and stay in touch, Hans. Take care.